may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to the view from the ninny sponsored by Terrace Badger Terrace Badger started in 2022 and they create great custom design t-shirts Based on football clubs and songs sung on terraces We're proud to partner with a locally run business And you can get 15% off at terracebadger.com with the code VFTN15. That's VFTN15. We're stoked to be back. It's the view from the Ninian and we're back. Um, It's been ages because the World Cup and that's been going on, but we're back. It's the view from the Ninian and we're back. Joining me as we return back, it's Tom and Ben. Ben, we're back. How are you feeling? Bonjour. Ça va? Yeah, bonjour. Uh, ça va bien, merci à toi? That's that's all I got for my GCSE friend. Uh, très bien, très bien. Uh, Tom, uh, je m'appelle Tom. J'ai joué au foot. That's, yeah. Bibliothèque and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, both. Um, <laughs> I suppose before we get into talking about the real football, we should probably cover off the events of last night. Um, ben, uh, I guess, what's your reaction to England fucking it up again? Oh, delighted. Honestly, there's going to be people here that be like, oh, you should support both their home nation. No, I'm that petty. I enjoyed them losing as much as I've enjoyed anything this World Cup. Harry Kane blazing that penalty over the bar was fucking delightful and it's been hooked into my veins ever since. Tom, any thought, further thoughts to that? Yes, yeah, so every twat on the way out of the game in Doha shouting Wales get battered everywhere they go in my, in my face as I'm going back to the Metro. This is for you. You absolute cretins. Like, honestly, it was, you know, it was great nature going into the game. After the game, I wanted to chin every single one of them. Honestly, they were just in our faces. Like, oh, honestly, I'm so, so happy. I'm, I'm, I'm that petty individual anyway. I live in London. I can go to the pubs now. I can enjoy the World Cup. Um, honestly, I'm so glad they've lost. I was sat there yesterday just in my pants, dancing on the living room. Because I, I couldn't go to the pub, I couldn't be trusted. Did so you I was on my pants. Yeah, I've been worn twice. Um, but honestly, I'm so, so happy. What I will say is, is that we're in an era of instant content creation. Um, and I think today has been delightful on TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> and Facebook. If you if you still use Facebook, I, I logged on every now and again. But um, TikTok has just been a a rolling feed of people filming the penalty thinking it's going to go in and then their reactions and gleefully i've saved everyone and i might make a little compilation of them at some point um i've seen a lot of videos going this ref needs to be investigating all that kind of stuff gave you two penalties lads it's not our fault that harry kane had been learning from johnny wilkinson as shown on a video um to blaze it over the bar so um Thanks for thanks for joining us at home. Um, we we don't welcome you back, but um, delighted I can enjoy the rest of the World Cup now. Um, ben, it's been about three weeks since we did a podcast. What have you been up to apart from watching the World Cup? Uh, pretty much just that, to be honest. It's been a pretty chill time. It's been quite nice. Quite nice time to think about Cardiff City. Yeah, that was quite enjoyable. Um, I will come back to it later. The Wits game sort of made me very very optimistic. Then about thirty minutes into the Stoke game. That all came crashing down around me. But um, yeah, the football's been probably been the worst part, or well, the Wales football anyway, it's probably been the worst part of the last few weeks. It's been quite a nice little time. Tom, you're obviously in Doha. Um, we could talk about uh, the Wales stuff in a bit more, but have you recovered from the Doha flu yet? Nope. Uh, I still feel absolutely horrific. 
Um, the Qatar cold has really taken hold here. Is like, it a cold um, spelt with a Q? <laughs> yeah, always. Um, no, but I, I am absolutely struggling. It seems like every person who went to that World Cup is absolutely struggling. It might be mentally, because it was awful. I remember saying before going, you know, it's nice to go to a Wales game to give us a break from Cardiff. Genuinely, coming back from this, I've been crying out for a Cardiff game because it wasn't the greatest Wales experience in the world. But, you know, you know, football, it happened. It's still carrying on. And, no, I'm genuinely excited now for the next few weeks with Cardiff, which I never thought I'd say. Football, bloody hell. Um, so let's talk about the, the first game back. Uh, ben, I mean... What says return to championship football more, really, than a trip to Staffordshire and the Bet365 Stadium to take on Stoke, everyone's favourite football club, Stoke? Um, It's the the glamorous return, wasn't it? Oh, I tell you what, if you can't go to Alton Towers, go to Stoke. If you you can't go to the Middle East and sort of enjoy the sun there, go to the exact opposite of the Middle East and the desert and (laughs) enjoy the coldest place on earth in a very, very cold snap. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the worst time to visit Stoke, isn't it? As temperatures plummeted below freezing. Um, it, it's never the most welcoming place, but on a on a cold Saturday in December, when we're all coming down off the World Cup, it's probably not the best place to go. Um, but we started well, didn't we, Ben? Um, Ryan Wintle popped up with a goal within the first seven minutes, and I think it was a bloody lovely goal. It was a cracking finish, again. Um, I, I did joke that it was, be underrated, it was an underrated goal from an underrated player. But you sort of watch the coverage of the championship on Sky, and they've barely mentioned it. But it's a lovely, it's a great work goal, a cracking finish. Gavin like White hard. with the assist. Yeah, he did well. To be fair, Gavin White against Stoke, he wasn't like it was a very Gavin White sort of thing. Sort of popped up with an assist, probably more than he's done since he's been here. But um, yeah, I think Gavin White's going through what I want to call um, Stuart O'Keefe syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're into your last year of your contract, and you start playing all right, enough to justify possibly getting a new deal. And then the second you get that new deal, you go back to what you were before. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't realise Kevin White had a, uh, was coming up to the end of his contract. It feels like he's never really fulfilled his potential here, has he? Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get some assist out of him before he leaves inevitably at the end of the season to go back to Oxford. Because that feels like that's what's going to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me to see him go in January, to be honest. Yeah, that's true, actually. Get rid of him now. Um, Tom, obviously, we went 1-0 up. Um, and nothing screams first championship game back in Stoke for Cardiff City like an immediate collapse. Um, we, we fell apart pretty quickly, didn't we? Yeah, the second goal was... Uh, sorry, their the goal was atrocious, really. Like, it's just too much space on the edge of the, uh, edge of the box. Like, you think, oh, like, we've got an early lead now. Like, was it seven minutes in? Let's, let's hold on to it. 11 minutes in. They equalise and it's just a terrible goal, really. No, we don't get anyone near him. I think the second goal for them were unlucky a little bit, like you know, a couple of deflections and they kind of poke it home. But it's just typical us. Like yeah. we, you know, we, we get a foothold in the game and we absolutely clap straight away. Take our foot um, right out of it. Hundred percent. Like you know, going away to Stoke is a t- like all the cliches. It's a tough place to go, right? Like you go one nil up, sit back you know, absorb a bit of pressure and we did the opposite where we let them come straight back into it and we let them get ahead. But yeah, it was it was poor defending from the usual suspects really. We we did we didn't get anywhere near them. 
No, we didn't. Um, but Ben, um, obviously looking back at the pos- the positives, uh, I think the subs made the difference in this game, didn't they? Um, when you look at the goals, the goals we scored late on. When you look at how Mark Harris played, it, w- it was nice to see some players come off the bench and and put in a good performance. Yeah, I think two out of three of the subs made a difference. Um, Sawyer's, I still think, is just not fit or right. I just he's gone. His legs are completely gone. He's slow. He's ponderous. Yeah, he, he looks, looks, poor. He looks Yeah, but Gavin White. Uh, Gavin White, Mark Harris, sorry, and then it's headache on the pitch, sort of. Yeah, Harris, Harris on the wing is just so much more effective. The pace there, they couldn't couldn't deal with him. Look, he seems to find straight. so much space out on the on the channel. It's the perfect place for him. Like, he's not a natural goal scorer. We we know that his record shows that. Get him out on the wing. He's he's very good at putting the ball into the box and sort of getting into the right space there and creating stuff. So he just doesn't stop running as well. So he's perfect out on that wing and Tete looked great he was so unlucky not to score um the difference between him post world cup and before like when he came in at the start of the season is massive i don't know what they've done on the training ground with him but it's massively working i reckon they've um, taken the puppets the puppets strings off the strings off yeah yeah maybe that could be yeah actually maybe there was a bit of kind of uh, the calibration was wrong yeah i'm not i'm not um a puppet operator so yeah. i don't know i don't know how these things work um, Nor am I. I. I used to be an expert in marionette, but I'm um, not anymore. No, it goes away. It's a skill that you've got to keep on top of. Yeah, right? and I, I just got busy with other stuff doing this. Like I forgot it, my marionette. Life gets in the way. It just life does. does get in the way. Life does get in the way. Tell you also gets in the way, Tom. Uh, Cedric Kipre. Um, two penalties. Oh. Um, thank you. Uh, two penalties that probably one should have been given. One is kind of less clear cut. Um, Hudson admitted in the post match that we got away with one. I mean, that first penalty is. I think it's what Kipre, we were warned that Kipre does from West Brom. He kind of didn't really focus on the ball and just focused on the man and pulling his arm. I think we go away with two, to be honest with you. I, um, they're both I'm being so polite about the second one. Like, it's just madness. I yeah. think, like, I think uh, Ben Price, I think you tweeted, like, he's, he must have money on us giving away a penalty. Because he was determined. <laughs> honestly, like, they are mental. Like, what does he up to? He's just completely taken about. It's a bit twice. like the Hernandez challenge, wasn't it? Against on Mount, like there was no yeah. point to it. Yeah, what is the point in doing that? But it's madness, really. We've got away with it. Like I, I, I think on like the scale of the game, we probably deserved something from it because I thought like you know we could have scored a couple late on, but those those challenges are just madness. Like why are you doing that in a championship game of football? You know not to do that, and it's yeah, we've one hundred percent got away with it. He a must have something on. He must have something on referees because you think back to those two there are both yeah. stumble penalties. The handball and then the handball against Swansea as well. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, there must be like a new rule. He's a lovely people, man. Like, That's what it is. He's a lovely man, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder Brilliant. if I don't, I don't, you know, they they talk about players and 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 the kind of dark arts. There are some players who are just very good at getting away with things, and maybe he's just one of those players. Um, he's just one of those no, players. If you get away the... with it, you've got to be subtle. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's what but that's what I mean. Like there are some He's players who do it who aren't with a bazooka, just fighting yeah. people, hiding plain sight. But there are players who there are. There's always been players who get away with it, no matter how devious and dirty they seem to be. And it just seems to be he's one of those players. Is it just because it's so blatant? The referee's gone. He can't have done that. There's it's not a yeah. chance yeah. he's done that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben, let's talk about the equaliser. Um, I think, you know. That showed the kind of football we can play as a team, doesn't it? Uh, it was a sweeping counter-attack, five or six players involved, calm, methodical. It was a lovely goal. Yeah, again, passing move, just movement off the ball, brilliant by all the players involved. Um, yeah, it's just, it was like, 
if the finish didn't really do the build up for the goal justice, because yeah, it got yeah. a bit scrapped yeah. at the end. Because I think like if if you sort of like take the finish to sight, it's a really, really nice goal again. Um, looking really creative and sort of just positive, which was something that was missing before those subs came on. So yeah, it was um yeah, it was really, really nice to see because I was just gutted it Atete didn't finish it. Cause I think if he gets a goal, I'm gonna yeah. put it out here now. He's going on a Kenza Hore-esque run. <laughs> Seven and ten. Um, <laughs> Tom, um, with that goal, it was obviously Atete was involved, Harris was involved, but how nice is it to see Marlon Romeo showing the importance of being an overlapping fullback to put the cross in? He got beyond his man, got to the byline and put in a, another good cross. He did the same against Burnley and we scored from that as well. So, you know, he's he's showing how integral he is as a right-back, isn't he? Oh, 100%. He's been uh, probably our most integral player this year. As soon as Jamalou Collins got injured earlier this season, I think Romeo stepped up as like our probably most important player. He's been brilliant defensively. I think at times going forward, he's probably been a little bit limited, but it shows what he can do going forward. And it was just a great goal from start to finish on the edge of our box, playing some decent football. And like Ben said, I think it was a bit of a bundled finish, which kind of takes the edge off it. But I think it's a fantastic goal. And like, that's what we're crying out for. Like, that's the type of goal we're looking for as Cardiff fans. Is like yeah. breaking from the edge of our box, getting forward, getting it into those areas. And it's a fantastic goal. And you know, I thought we were brilliant second half, and that kind of typified it really. Um, Ben, obviously, we haven't seen Callum Robinson for a little while. Um, you know, he he kind of got himself suspended against Swansea, but it it shows how important he is to the team, isn't it? Because I know Atete was there, but he ultimately put the ball in the net and. It seems to be when he when he plays and scores, we seem to get a result. Yeah, he's he's just become vital. As soon as he's come, he's become vital to how we play. Um, I think we're flat out the lowest scorers in the league now. And if he's the top scorer, we're four. But with the assists as well, you take him away and we'd be in a lot worse position. Um, yeah, yeah. He's such a good sign, isn't he? And he's just very positive and seems like a real good bloke as well, just to have around the place, so... He's, it's it's crazy how important some players like jump into a club and seem to fit in straight away, and he seems to be one of those that's really sort of found a home, found loved, and can really kick on and sort of. It'd be nice to see him finishing double figures with a few extra assists thrown in as well. Uh, on the goals, he's also Huddersfield on nineteen, Coventry are on twenty-one. Um, so we're you know we're in good company down there. Um, and Tom, we we could have won it quite late on. Um, I I think you know Ben's Ben's wax lyrical about Atete already today. He had that that one chance that was probably it kind of bounced back at him quite quickly, and he couldn't quite react. And he had a really good header, which which forced the save out of the Stoke keeper. Um, you know him him and Robinson as a front two could be a quite nice combination. Yeah, definitely. I think you know a few weeks ago we were a little bit like, oh, is Atete a bit of a waste of a signing? You know, are we going to get much from him? I know like you can't read too much into it, but that Villa game, he looked sharp. You know, he he was very, very good in that game. And he was unlucky not to get a goal against Stoke. Um, it's one of those ones if the bounce goes our way, you know, he scored a couple. So let's not write him off. I think I have earlier on the season. I think he could come good for us. You know, we were all looking at the likes of Max Waters, um, you know, Who? as being our work and exactly. But look, we've got Isaac Davis coming back in as well. I think that's the one I keep forgetting about, is that they were saying he's been looking good in training. You know, when you've got the likes of Atete, you've got Isaac Davis coming back in. We've got some attacking Will. talent. Carl Will, yeah. You know, if he can play against England in the World Cup, why can't he play against Stoke away, isn't it? But, um, you know, we've got some attacking talent in our team. And, you know, by the end of the season, let's hope a couple of them come good because, you know, we've got some real talent in the squad. It'd be great to see him get a run of games. 
And Ben, before we talk about more disappointing matters, um, let's talk about a cause for optimism. You know, two all draw yesterday. We were pretty good in the second half. We we created chances. We 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 dominated the possession. We dominated the passing stats. Um, it was a good performance to come back to after the World Cup, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Aside from not getting the three points, it's about as good as you could hope for. All right, it was quite dodgy in the first half when we, but we came out the second half, made the changes, got everything right, and. If we play like that for the rest of the season, I think we're going to be fine. Um, it's uh, you'd sort of look at it and say, Well, they should have had two penalties, but aside from that, I think we feel like how done by that we didn't win it. I think, like, yeah, that that head from attack forced a really good save by their keeper who sort of pulled off a couple of good saves. Um, yeah, build on that. It's it's a cracking platform. Um, we just need to get that away win. I didn't realize we haven't won away yet this season. It does Which... give us it gives us a good platform for the coming games. Obviously, I think when when you look at the, the the fixtures we've got, we've got Blackpool, QPR, Coventry, and Blackburn before we play Leeds in the cup, and then we've got Wigan, Millwall, and Luton after that. They're they're all beatable teams, you know. We Blackpool are are below us. Uh, QPR are dropping like a stone since they had the managerial thing. Coventry have done okay in recent weeks, but they're still not a million miles ahead of us. And Blackburn, as much as they had a good run, they were terrible against Preston. So we'll talk about the Blackpool game in more detail, but um, I think we're, in a, we're going into a good run of games where we could pick up some points. Um, I suppose the first podcast back after the World Cup, we should talk about the World Cup. Um, Tom, you are our intrepid reporter on the ground. Um, well, I don't know, you know, for anyone who didn't go, what what was Doha like as a place to to visit and watch football? You know, there's been a lot of, you know, you know, negative, not negative press. There's been a lot of rightly negative press, I should say, around the regime, around the, the way they treat people. But as a football fan, how was it to watch football in? I was one of the ones who was staying in Dubai and flying oh, over. So, I, so you didn't even, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so I was only there like less than 24 hours at a time. But, you know, you can you could see that it was set up for a World Cup in terms of there were certain things they were covering up and stuff like that. It wasn't quite ready. Like you looked around certain areas of Doha where, you know, there was um, fencing up to make it look like they were ready, but they weren't. They hadn't finished pavements and little things like that. Um, I never felt fully comfortable there. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I felt like I was being permanently watched a little bit. Um, but, you know, I had a great experience. I think the best thing about it was really that it was all in one city. So you were speaking to people from Argentina, you were speaking to people from Brazil, you were speaking to people from Iran, unfortunately, some people from England. Um, but no, it was great having everyone <laughs> in one place and people understanding where Wales was. You know, the first thing when I got off uh, the plane and I got onto the metro was a load of Argentinian fans shouting independent Wales in Spanish at me, which I didn't <laughs> expect. And it, and And it was just like, it was a bit of, it was quite surreal. And in terms of, you know, on the footballing scale, the stadium was fantastic. It's a pity that we're in the same one three times. Um, but you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Doha. I, I wouldn't be rushing to go back. Um, I think I still think the World Cup would have been better off being anywhere but Doha. But you know, I, I'm not gonna complain. Like I've seen Wales on on an international um stage, which I didn't think I would do. Um, but I came back ill, permanently, just absolutely knackered from the whole experience. But, you know, it's a pity we didn't turn up on the pitch as well, to be honest with you. But well, what are the spice markets like? That's what I want to know. These are the big questions David Beckham left answered and no one sort of reported on these. I know, that's a man who knows his spice markets as well, isn't it? But 
to be fair, one of the games was um, on one of their holy days as well. So there was no metro running. I couldn't find a taxi. Just walking around the streets of Doha. It was, I don't know, we managed to find David Yuan singing Amar Ahid at half eight in the morning by a giant bucket out, which is a bit surreal. I thought <laughs> it was hallucinating. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it was... Um, it was a really we- weird experience. I'd rather it be anywhere but, uh, you know, Germany, America, Japan. Yeah. But, you know, it's Wales at a World Cup, and we've let ourselves down a little bit. But It feels like everyone, you know, everyone's compromised something to go there. And which and it, it it's, you know, there are people I know who, who went out there who kind of, you know, very right on and uh, and very kind of um socially conscious and it's to go to a country like that where you know the, the most basic way of living can be completely dehumanized and demonized is is, is going to cause people to kind of compromise on their morals and i just don't think i think i think what we've seen is that uh, hopefully the the governing bodies will have learned something from this that you know while it might have been a good idea 10 years ago it's it's caused a lot more problems than than it's actually solved and i think it's raised a lot more questions about the governance of football than it's actually solved as well so hopefully they'll just go right next time we've learned from that we won't make you know we won't make the same mistake again and we'll just pick a, a place where freedoms are, are, are proper freedoms rather than somewhere like Qatar and I, th- I think like the, I think the World Cup should be spread throughout the world right I think it should be in in an Arab nation and things like that but Qatar was not the right one for it and like yeah you know you you look at Morocco now in the semi-final like somewhere like that would be fantastic you know they've been crying out for a World Cup for That's, years. Yeah, and 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 I think the the thing is as well, they're a prop, you know they're a footballing nation. Like you know, Morocco has the heritage in um in the in the African Champions League, and you know you know the clubs that play uh, Morocco. You know, Wydad Casablanca and all that kind of stuff. You've heard heard of those names. I think if you go somewhere, the football infrastructure and and football is a, is is a sport that people are following. Like you know, the most unique stadium they built in Doha is the one they're already tearing down. It kind of, it, you know, and I, it, it just shows really that it wasn't a country set up for this. And as much as the decisions were taken for it to be there, it just wasn't the right decision. Um, and yeah, I think, I think Ben, we can we can probably talk about some of the, the the decisions that that Rob Page made on the football pitch as well as being disappointing. Well, hey, see that segue? God, I'm bloody brilliant at this. Um, it, it felt like Ben the changing of the guard for Wales, didn't it? That this kind of team has, you know, we've seen we've been from 2014 to now. You know that I remember that Belgium game where we drew nil nil um, in 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 Belgium felt like the start of this run, and this World Cup has felt like the natural end of the core of that team, hasn't it? Yeah, I watched a thing for the World Cup about the curse of the World Cup winners uh, from HITC Sevens, and he's mm-hmm. like a video talking about how like every World Cup winner, sort of like the next World Cup following on from that, they've done really badly because they've stuck with their old guard that got them there, the tried and trusted, and sort of you come to it and it's the end of an era, and like that four years is a long time. And I feel like we, it felt by getting to the World Cup, we won it for us. I know it's cliche as that, but like it felt like at the same time we went through that curse. It just really was just the end of the road for a lot of it. There, it was like the the real celebration, the real thing that what, what Wales was all about was the Ukraine game. Yeah, wasn't it? And from there, sort of the World Cup was a bit of a non-event just because of you got location taken into it, the players not turning up, everything that goes around with it for the first World Cup. <laughs> however long it's just yeah it was just a bit of a damp squib wasn't it it was a damp squid um damp squid damp squib um <laughs> that's a spoonerism um but tom it just didn't feel like in any of the games apart from the second half in the usa game we just didn't get going did we yeah we had two halves of football that i could say we'd be proud of and that was the the second half yeah. against usa and probably the first half against england 
I think outside of that, we were atrocious. Yeah. Um, and I think we massively fell into that trap of like, oh, we're glad to be here. And I was one of those massively in there. And I think, so oh, no, it's great to be on the world stage. But at the end of the day, we were we were terrible. Yeah. Um, I think the first half against USA, we just got completely wrong. Iran, we were lucky we didn't lose 5-0. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like we were lucky that it took till the 98th minute for us to concede because we deserved absolutely nothing from that game. Yeah. Um, the England game, I don't remember much from it. I had too many, too many drinks in the hotel and the Intercontinent. Still, I'm not going to lie. But I, I, but I just, it's just such a pity, right? When we were so good at the Euros that we just, we deserve nothing from the World Cup. And, you know, it, it felt like we fluffed our lines massively. Um, yeah. You know, some, some of our biggest players didn't turn up. Um, some of them, you know, the likes of Ramsey, it's such a pity, but. You hear the same thing from a lot of people saying his legs are gone, but it, it genuinely did feel like that. You know, when you're sat there thinking, I tell you what, I think Joe Morrell could do a better job here. Yeah. Coming on and hassling people in midfield, then you know you're in trouble a little bit. Um, it, 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 felt, it also felt disappointing that in the England game that, that Bale got taken off at half time. Yes, he might have been injured, but like it felt like that wasn't the game for him to go off in half time. Do you know what I mean? It's like. I don't think he was playing well in any of the games, but like no. it's the one game you'd want him to see through because he's got that something special. It's that game. Like it just it just summed up the tournament for me, really, that we took him off at half time and was just like, oh, that's it then. I, I I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like as much as small country syndrome, I'm glad I saw us score a goal. Yeah. I think that and it's a pity it wasn't an open play. It's a pity it wasn't, yeah. you know, like kind of off the cuff where you don't expect it, where you you know, you waked in for a penalty. I'd love to have seen a score against Iran. Um but you know, I've heard the anthem. I've seen the score, and and it might be, and like I said, it might be small country syndrome. But I've seen that now. I've seen that on the world stage. But it, but it was such a pity because we were we were atrocious in the large part. And you know, let's hope we get to the Euros in Germany. Let's hope we get to the World Cup in USA, Canada, Mexico, because I think we're better than we showed um, in this World Cup. Ben, um, you know, we talk about the changing of the guard. Um... I think there's obviously some players who aren't going to be returning to the the international fold. Is is there, you know, who do you see leaving? You know, who do you know next qualifying campaign? Do you see Gunter being there? Williams being there? Do you see even Ramsey Bale? Like, you know, what's your view on that? I think Johnny Williams might have a part to play if you need to, because he's playing quite well for Swindon. But someone like Chris Gunter, who's been awful for Wimbledon, um, I think it's time for him to bow out and sort of just. I don't think he should ever officially retire. I don't think that's the way Gunter should go out. I think it should just be sort of like the Joe Deadly approach of, look, we're just not going to pick you from now on. Um, but thank you for everything. Um, but yeah, I think this is sort of the players like that. I don't think until we've got the replacements here, the, the midfield's still a worry for me. Um, we're not in a place where sort of we can say Joe Allen can't be picked because there's no mm-hmm. one to do what he does if he's fit. But the issue is he's never fit. It's... I think it's going to be a bit of a transition and the next squad in March is going to be huge to sort of see where Rob Page sees where we are and how we're going to go on in the next five years or so. Because I think we're entering that slight transition, but we've got enough players that it shouldn't be sort of like a complete real rebuild. You sort of look at the Toshak Gary Speed era. We shouldn't be going back to that right now. But yeah, we still, you know, when you think about it, we still, we're still going to have Roden. Ben Davis, Metham, are still gonna, you know, they've still got a lot to play for. Ampadu, Connor Roberts, um, Nico Williams are all 20, 21, 22. Like Ethan Ampadu improbably is still twenty two. 
Um, the, the man's played so many games for Wales that he, you know he's the he's the kind of person we should be building the team around. Really, isn't it? Got like forty five caps already. He's basically, I think, in the World Cup, he had more. He's got more international caps and he's got club appearances or something like that. Um, because I, I I can't remember the, the exact stat, but he's played about forty two caps for us, and I think he's he played he's played about. He played about 25 games last year in Serie A, Serie A. He's barely played for Chelsea, obviously Exeter and all that kind of stuff. But he's, yeah, he's played, he's played as many games for us as he has any club team, basically. Mental. Um, Tom, obviously, is, a, is a, you know, somebody who follows Wales all over the world. Um, I guess that there's been question marks over, over Big Rob Page. Um, what's your view? You know, is he sticking around? Should they back him now? Or, or, or maybe is it time to consider another route? Nah, like he's got like what a four-year contract Boy still. Deal, yeah, yeah, like there's no way he's going anywhere. I think he got it wrong again in the first game. I don't think he got a lot wrong in the second and third game. Really, I think I think we just didn't turn up. I think some of the players let him down. Um, let's not panic. Let's not get rid of him now. I don't think there's much better out there than him. Um, and I know, look, he's getting a lot of criticism and I don't think he deserves it. Like, he's got us to a Euros and he's got us to a World Cup in some very, very challenging circumstances. You know, coming in the way he did and getting us to major tournaments, that, that's not to be sniffed at. Like, look, we've struggled to get to major tournaments, you know, for, for donkey's years. So let's not forget that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, I think he's done a fantastic job and he deserves time. He, I don't think he is like a fantastic modern manager that you might see in the Premier League, but he's done nothing wrong. And I think he deserves a bit of credit and he deserves a little backing from our fans because we've turned on him very quickly from, you know, a small nation who got to a tournament that we never expected to get to. So let's get behind him. Well, that's a bit of a rallying cry, Tom. Um, yeah, I agree largely. I think I, I thought the calls for him to go were premature, but I guess that's, you know, it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a knee jerk reaction in the moment, isn't it? And I think that I think basically it needs to be given time um, before before anything happens. Um, ben, obviously on more uh, closer to home front, um, the the international break was obviously the time when we had the Peter Witts Memorial game, um, the, the the you know the the game against Aston Villa for the Peter Whittingham Foundation. Um, I think despite the cynicism leading into the game, it actually turned out to be a really nice occasion, didn't it? Yeah, it was um it was a really nice evening, it really was. Um emotional at the time, sort of seeing the stuff like Wits kids lead it being led out with roles and stuff like that. It, it was, was yeah. it was there was a lump in the throat um just before kickoff with the uh, the his T Peter Wickham song being sung. It was all for for I, I went in there with really low expectations, sort of felt it was the wrong time and the wrong sort of event. But for what it was, it was a really good evening and the game was really competitive. And yeah, the club did well for with what it was. And how it was about ten thousand people there in the end, wasn't there? There was a decent enough yeah. crowd. Yeah, yeah. Which I, is, think, I, I don't know if it was ten thousand there. But I think they sold ten thousand tickets. I think a lot of tickets were sold by people that couldn't make it that wanted to make a donation to the Wigan Peter Wigan Foundation. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was like massively off. I reckon probably about eight and a half in the stadium. Pretty good because it was the day after the Wales um, England game, and people would have been, um, you know on a football hangover basically um tom is this the kind of thing you want to see turn into a regular thing i think you know we talked about testimonials and things like that it feels like with the trophy and the way the the whitland foundation is going they want to make this a regular thing should the club host this every year and just have you know a different team a team of you know you could almost do cardiff versus old cardiff you could do cardiff versus villa cardiff versus blackburn where you know other clubs he played at as well is that something you want to see yeah definitely you know 
that man's a hero for us. Like, um, he was integral in everything that's been good about our club in the last 10, 15 years. So something that's in his name on a regular basis would be fantastic. Um, like, I think it was a fantastic occasion. I think we were all quite sceptical, um, you know, when it was approaching it, that we wouldn't have a big crowd there and we had a great crowd. So if we could do that on, a, on, a, on an annual basis, that'd be fantastic. And, you know, anything that can be done in that man's name is deserved because, you know, he typifies our club. You know, we all absolutely love him and it'd be great to celebrate him on a, an annual basis. Um, ben, it was really nice to see some of the, the former players there, wasn't it? Um, ben, Mar- uh, ben Marshall, David Marshall, Ben Turner, um, Aaron Gunnison. You know, there was it was a reunion of sorts. Yeah, um, the, a lot of them look like you still play, the ones that retired. And then there was Michael Chopra, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, it was weird to sort of see him. They look the same but older, and I know that's just how time works. But sort of, yeah, um, David Marshall looked more like Russell Martin. Um, yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, he did, mate. It, the spit of him. It was like yeah, people. Yeah. It, it took people a few people around me going, "Why is Russell Martin there?" And then people realised it was David Marshall. But um, yeah, looking looking at them back, it was uh, good to see. Steve McFell just looked constantly angry, which I found very interesting in every picture I saw of him. Just looked yeah. like he wanted to fight the world, which is nice to see. He's still got that fire in him. Um, um, I, was Aaron Gunnison no beard anymore? There's a little bit of, there's a little bit of facial hair there, but um, yeah, still very, very bald. It's not got the full beard that he used to have, though. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Um, and Ben, it was a good game of football on the pitch as well, wasn't it? You've already mentioned about Atete, um, but it was a competitive game of football. Um, it, it, you know, the, both teams took it seriously, and, and Atete had a good game. Yeah, there was. I think there was three things that stood out for me: Atete being one of them, uh, Oli Tanner being another, and just how much Ashley Young spits being the other thing. Um, <laughs> he does oh spit my, a lot, mate. Un- I, I don't know if he's still trying to get that taste of bird shit out of his mouth from Old Trafford <laughs> or what, but it was constant and it was a lot of volume to it as well. And like it became a point of like where he was, I sat in the Ninian stand and sort of watching it. And there was about three of us talking about it going because everything he did, he was either hammering the young kid that was stood in front of him at playing um, at left wing and just giving him shit all game or just gobbing the obscene amount of just deeply white spit. It was disturbing. <laughs> Um, just to confirm, uh, Ashley Young denies that it was bird shit. You know that, right? It was. What was it then? What does? Do, what? I can't. I can't. I can. No, I can't find the actual thing. But apparently, it was. It. It was just something else, not bird shit, though. No, it was hundred um, percent bird. Shit. If you Google it, you can shot. find it. Um, Tom, we've already talked about this becoming like a, a regular thing. But you know, are we still are we still th- looking at what should be a permanent memorial to Wits at the stadium? Obviously, we've got the the Fred Keenor statue. You know, is there something we could do? to make a more permanent memorial for Whittingham at the ground. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes it feels a bit uneasy having a statue for someone who's so modern in a way. You know, you're, you're used to looking at statues with people who were there like 50, 60, 70 years ago. But if anyone deserves it, it's him. You know, uh, like I said earlier on, he's been integral to everything that's been great about our club in the last 10, 15 years. And I'd love to see a permanent memorial to, to Whit outside the ground because, you know, just... If you've had anything to do with Cardiff in the last 20 years, that man is just at the heart of it. And I'd love to see a statue of that man outside the ground or a stand named after him or anything, really, because yeah. if anyone deserves it, it's him. Um, you know, the amount of magic moments in the FA Cup in the league, you know, it's just it's unreal. Like it was a pity the way it ended with, you know, with us. We ended up going to Blackburn and places like that. But like, what a man and what a player. Like he 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 
the moments he created for us was just unreal. And I felt spoilt as a kid growing up watching Cardiff because of that man. And um, the, the 100% should be a permanent memorial to him because, you know, he's an absolute... You know, legend is thrown around a lot in football, but, but that is, is one man that deserves it. He's an absolute Cardiff City legend. Here, here, and I think I think congratulations should go to um, the, the the Peter Whitman Foundation who who organised the game and and did such a, a good job with, you know, everything on the night. You know, the the tributes, um, getting his kids there and and the players walking out with him. It was it, ha- it had all the right sentiment and the right moments. So I think um, you know the work they done was obviously integral in, in getting the game organised. And I think you know whatever work they do now going forward is going to be integral to keeping the memory of Peter Whitman alive. So I you know I'm look, you know in 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 the best way possible, I'm looking forward to seeing more of what they do to to to, to kind of consecrate in the memory of Peter Whitting at Cardiff City. Um, right, let's go to Twitter uh, before we get onto the Wikipedia nugget of the week. Only a few comments this week. Um, Oliver Reese, World Cup player Mark Harris and Atete changed the second half. Seemed to click a lot more today. Hope it's a sign of things to come. Cracky goals, by the way. Think a draw was a fair result in the end. Uh, John Williams, Atete looking good in Harris. The Rhino and Sawyers still don't do it for me. Uh, and two questions uh, come to you for the first one, Ben. Gareth Dunning asks, how many times has Hudson used the worst grass since the break? <laughs> um, would you put a guess on it? It seems to be this new like, football cliche. Back on the grass. It's, it's football, yeah, on grass. Back on the grass. grass. Back on yeah. grass. That's all it is now. Is like, it's not like... How fit are they? How far away are they? Oh, they're back in. They're training. back in training, or they're back yeah. in contact training. They're back they're, on they're the back, grass. They're back in with the lads, non-contact, or they're just back on the grass. They're doing some light running. Um, yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? Um, doesn't help. We've got a lot of injuries. <laughs> um, yeah, he said that a lot. I think he said that more than anything. Him being back on the grass is the same as Neil Harris used to answer, answering his own questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and the final question, Tom, Mike Hancock asks, when and where do you think the ball from Kane's second penalty will land? <laughs> uh, I, well, I reckon England will land in Heathrow before that ball lands. Stole my tweet, Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you want to get involved with us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. We always put a call out for questions ahead of the next podcast recording. Um, right. Everyone's favourite quiz is coming back. It's the Wikipedia nugget of the week. Um, this one, I'm hoping, boys, won't be too hard because I panicked uh, and went for it. Um, it's, it's quite a straightforward one, lads. So this player was voted Football League 2 Apprentice of the Year 2010-2011. Who is this player? 2010-2011 Football League Apprentice. Football League 2 Apprentice. Oh, League 2 year. Apprentice. Shit. League 2. Uh, talk it through. Come on, this is, this doesn't make good podcasting if you've got to sit there in silence. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Go, on, go on, Ben. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm on just you. I'm racking my brains here, just going through the royal decks of like ra- random footballers. Um, tw- was it? What was the year? Sorry, 20... 2010, 2011. Oh, I think I've got it. Well, who, have you, who do you think it, it is? I'm thinking it's a young pacey winger. Go on. And I think he. Um, was Neil Warnock's sort of favorite and least favorite player of all time? Um, I think he went. I think he went out to Ukraine to play a couple Keep of going. games, and then I think I don't actually know where he is now. I should have followed that up with where. Well, I, think I can. I can. If you, if this is the right person, I can. I can. I can re- replenish you with that information. Is it? Oh, Tom, do you want to have a guess? No, I think you're right. I think it is him. Yeah. Is it Kadeem Harris? 
It is Dare to Kadeem. Uh, Kadeem Harris was Football League 2 apprentice of the year 2010-11. In that season, he played precisely zero games for Wickham in the league. Um, so <laughs> that's good. Uh, you're right, Ben. He went to Metalist Kharkiv in the Ukrainian First League, uh, played 11 games for them before, um, obviously, the war broke out. Uh, he was loaned to uh, Turkish side Tuzla Sport, but now he plays for Samson Sport um, in, I think, the Turkish First Division. Uh, which is below the, the Super League, uh, where Cornelius is currently playing his trade. So well done. Um, I think that's the first one you've won in a little while. Um, I must admit, it was probably easier than other ones have been. Uh, but I'm not going to take the win away from you, boys. Um, I'll have to up my game for the next one. Yeah, to There's be always fair. Nice against a win, isn't there? Yeah, nice to, yeah, to be fair, it's better than like who's whittling furniture in Lancashire like last <laughs> time. So. Yeah, everyone knows Smart Bonner. <laughs> but the thing is, I think this is the thing, like... I just picked up so much random stuff around these players. So what I think is normal knowledge for me, I think is normal knowledge for everyone else. But like, I know that, um, you know, that Mark Bonner was born in Ormskirk and moved back to Chorley <laughs> and now works in a different furniture business out of South Wales. So um, listen, I'm a bit weird like that. Um, we'll be back next week with the Wikipedia nugget of the week. I'll make it harder so you cannot win. And all that's left to do, boys, is preview the next game uh, next Saturday. Uh, home, I think it's home, against Blackpool. Um, Tom, what do you think is going to happen? Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's great from you there. No, I, yeah, Sorry, I, could, I didn't know where I was going with that. I, I, it's a massive game, really. You know, they, Huge. They were, I didn't realise they were bottom two. Well, yeah, they, they're 23rd. Like, they drew last time out. They've lost four before it. I'm like, yeah, there we go. That's another way of you know, framing it. Google um, <laughs> Google now gives a win probability. Uh, we're at 50%, Blackpool at 23%, with a 27% chance of a draw. I have no idea how they're working this out, but it's on the Google fixtures page for this game. Odds, probably. It's yeah. true. <laughs> but no, it's a massive game. Like, we have got to win this game. I think, like, you know, coming back from the international break, we have got to win this game. We're in 19th at the moment. If you've got any ambitions of like, well, let's not get carried away and say we're going to be in and around the playoffs, but let's get away from this relegation area. Any ambitions of 14? Yeah, if we if we won if we won mid table mediocrity, these are the types of games we you know we've got to win. If we lose this game, we're in big big trouble. Like let's not get away from it. So yeah, it's it's, it's a massive massive game in the grand scheme of things. Um. Ben, will it shock you to know that if Blackpool win in 23rd, they could go above us in 19th? No, I that doesn't surprise me at all. Um there are, there is there is currently three points separating them in 23rd and Rotherham in 17th, who are on 26th. That's how tight it is between 17th and 23rd. Yeah, there's a gap starting to open up, I think, between that and the uh playoffs. Sort of it's it's becoming a bit more less open there. Less but, um, congested, yeah. Yeah, but um yeah, the fact the bottom's very tight does not surprise me at all. And again, it, echoes what Tom said. It's a massive, massive game for us. Um, ben, are you excited to see Gary Medine again? I am. I'm very look, uh, very looking forward to it. Um, seeing if very just, looking forward to it. Just looking forward to see if, see <laughs> ben if he'll speak end up, good English. <laughs> me, 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 me podcast well. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to seeing if he'll end up on Caroline Street in a fight. Because I'm out Saturday night, and it's something well, I'll see. I'm going to keep my eyes out you, for that. 
if you listen, if you watch one of their games from earlier this season, Blackpool, on the Blackpool YouTube reaction, they said, Gary, it's a Saturday night. You've just won and played well. What are you going to do tonight? And he says, I'm not going to do anything. I used to go out, but now I'm just going to go home and have a Chinese. Bollocks. And I don't believe that because, Tom, <laughs> you saw him in Scruffy Murphy's in Blackpool at 2am when we played there last year. Yeah, and he was absolutely howling. So, uh, yeah, I don't believe one jot of that from him. He'll be out if he win. He'd be in Caroline Street scrapping Ben Price and I'd be there watching it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, not pay, I'm not paying for it. No, no, we'll pay. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll use, we <laughs> use the Kofi money for this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's what the listeners would want. It is what oh, the yeah. listeners would want. Um, it's what I would want as well. Um, <laughs> then, obviously, after yesterday's game, we've talked about Atete and Harris having an impact on the game. we talked about Sawyer's not having an impact on the game. Um, are there any changes you'd make to the start or is it keep it the same and, and, and try and enact the same substitutions to, to get the same result? No, I'd like to see Tate start. I'd like to see us finish with sort of a th- start with a front three of uh, Robson on the wing, uh, Tate up top, and then Harris on the other wing. Um, possibly then sort of, if we're being really naughty, why not put Cole in a 10 and play Wintel and uh, Runamata? Tom, I saw your face there. Is that something you'd like? I'd love to see Colwell playing. Like, I don't get why he's not like if he's fit enough to come on in the World Cup against England he's fit enough to play for us against Blackpool so get that man on the field like he is something different you know he's got something about him he's got that spark that we're looking for get him on the field it's what we all want to see if you know it'll get more people inside the stadium get him on the field so I'd love to see Colwell playing on the weekend sitting on the fence on that one we can have a dowder at left back from the start as well that would make just my Stress levels a lot lower because oh, so we don't like Inkunku anymore. No, we I never no, did. I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, hopefully in January. To be fair, January. great. It was a great pass, sort of for Wintle's goal, but that bloke is not a defender and should not be in the starting eleven. Would you play him as a winger though? If you're going to put a Dowder at left back, um, ahead of what we've got, no. But I think he's an option on the wing. Um. I think him and Philogene are very similar in that sort of thing of like what they do going forward. Um, but yeah. Philogene's injured though, right? Isn't he? Yeah, he's just had that sports, yeah, sports sport hornier thing. So. Sport hornier? Whee! <laughs> Whee! I, I am not match fit. Yeah, yeah. He's saying it's his first pod pack, uh, first pod back. We all, none of us are match fit. Before we make any more gaffes, uh, Tom, predictions for next Saturday. Uh, who's going to. Who is going to score a goal and who's going to get sent off for Blackpool? Uh, let's go with Dean because I know who he is. Uh, he'll be Not Jerry Yates. On him. Both of them. No, um, I think we'll win 3-0 though. Who's going to score? I think Robertson will score. Colwell will score. And I think Atate will score. Uh, ben, who's getting the first yellow for Cardiff and who's assisting on all three goals? I didn't say they're going to score three goals, so... That's a good point. Yeah, but I'm coming to you for a different prediction now. So you have to back up Tom's prediction. Okay, who's going to You're not listening. Not really. No, I was trying to see what players who actually plays for Blackpool. (laughs) Jerry Yates, (laughs) Carrie Medine, and that's it. Gary Taylor Fletcher. Or football manager 2012 sensation Luke Garbert. Luke Garbert. Um, I actually am going to have a look at who Blackpool played in the last. Go on, get all your predictions. Holding this up here. I'm going to go Ryan Wintle, three assists, because he's massively underrated. He's played for Blackpool as well. He did. So just tell, tells the story then. And booking um, Perry NG, I think it's a safe bet, isn't it? Yeah. 
God, they've got. I'm just looking at their team. They've got oh, Patino from Arsenal. I know him. Yates, Medine. That's it. I don't know anyone else. They got um husband at full uh, centre back, Garber at left back, um, and they brought Ian Paveda off the bench. He's played for Leeds, and I know that. Um, right. That's it, probably, for another episode, as I'm just reading stuff off FotMob. Uh, <laughs> Twitter.com forward slash the FT Ninian. Uh, Flash Scores is another good app. They can sponsor us, too. Uh, thanks to Terrence Badger for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash the FT Ninian. KOFI.com forward slash the FT Ninian. If you want to contribute to the pod, we do this for the love, not the money. Um, Tom, Ben, thanks for coming back and joining me this week. We'll be back on a weekly basis from now on. Until next week, see you later. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and